<laughs> Sorry, I need I need Kiri to repeat how to properly say their name. Like, please, please do go again. Uh, so it's Kiriaki Felfaniaksaxeni. How the hell? And in and in like a Western English, Kiriaki Felfaniaksaxenis. Ah, so what's the is that a middle? Is that a hyphen after? So that's my middle name, Felfania. How do, so, how do you spell that? T H E O, so like Theo, and yeah. then F A N I A. Theo funny. Yeah. But you pronounce it completely different. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, that's. <laughs> this is the Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film life, television culture, mental health, and all of that fun, jazzy stuff. Today I've got my special guest and friend, Kraraki Xenis. <laughs> there you go, I didn't butcher it as badly oh, as I thought. No. <laughs> I did. I did. Sorry, I apologize. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Look, I shorten it to Kiri after like all the time. So yeah, that's just everyone like, calls me Kiri. So, well, you know, you you pronounce it like I can't even hear it. So <laughs> like, that's what I'm going. But no, that's an appalling way. Please learn how to pronounce an scroll. I'm not encouraging or endorsing you to butcher names. Um, no. So, <laughs> Kiri, tell the internet. My first question to you, tell the internet who you are and what you do. So I'm a person, I guess. I <laughs> <laughs> you are, yes, clearly. Um, I am, well, currently a student, I guess. Mm. Music tutor, performer, songwriter, singer, all that fun stuff. Um, I mostly spend my time gigging and rehearsing mm. and Doing all that fun music stuff. <laughs> doing all that, doing all that jazz. <laughs> and all that jazz. Um, yeah, that's how I spend my time. That's who I am. <laughs> that's that's how they know me, kids. Yeah. That's the only way they know me. It's the only way. <laughs> um, what came first? When? Because you like, where did your journey begin? Like, how old were you? Like, this is the direction I'm gonna go. Well. I remember during Greek lessons with my Greek teacher when I first went to Greece, so I was about six or seven years old, and he had this piano in the room, and every time I saw it, I was like, I want to do piano lessons, and yeah. he was like, no, you've got to wait until you're about eight or nine years old to do that, <laughs> so I waited, and then I did, so at eight years old, got on the piano, and I started doing that, then I picked up violin, guitar, singing, and then the rest has just come after that, so... Wow. So you're kind of like a, what you can pick up almost any instrument and learn how to play it. Pretty much. I, I'd like to say that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm yet to play like a woodwind or brass instrument. So Really? Yeah. But you can play guitar and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. How the... <laughs> Do you, did that help you, I guess, with songwriting, like along the road? Did that make it easier to write songs? Definitely. And like I, I don't know, I always wanted to do songwriting but mm. to be honest I sucked at it at first like <laughs> was really bad but I was like no I want to do this I want to be good at this mm. um and then once I broke through that shell um started writing some good stuff it's, so. what's your <laughs> that's a very broad statement <laughs> I wrote some good stuff yeah. no like <laughs> what not what, shit stuff not <laughs> shit stuff so what like if you were going hey this is like the type of genre or this the type of like music I write what would it be oh, it's such a 
it started off more jazzy mm. and it's gone more indie rock sort of like Australian indie rock sort of vibe. It's still got like that pop yeah. vibe too. Um, but yeah. It's very different now. Mm. Because you've got how many songs out there now? I only got one song out there. Yeah, I was Um, about. (laughs) Well, with my like solo stuff, one song out there, Um, and yeah, I'm working on some other stuff, which is completely different sort of vibe. To do you want to be like? Is your aim to be famous though, or is it kind of just to be like just? you know, like steadily accomplished in yeah, my... in terms of income. <laughs> yeah, I guess my aim is just to be able to make a living off music, which I know people are probably listening and they're just laughing their heads off. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Musician being paid for a living? <laughs> nah. yeah, what's that? <laughs> Never heard of it. Um, but yeah, I have hopes. Fingers I have hopes. hopes. <laughs> I mean, like, because you've, you've been in and out of a few bands now, which is yes. like... Due to controversial reasons, which yes. we'll probably talk about. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, like, do you think that has evolved you as an artist as well, working with a few different um, other creatives? Definitely. Like, going... Because when I first was in my first, I guess, music group, it wasn't so much a band. It was, like, orchestras and ensembles mm. at school and stuff. Things like Gregorian chant, acapella, um, just orchestra, jazz combo. Yeah. Um, and then you know a couple of years ago one or two years ago i joined the more i guess aussie band scene so it was <laughs> the indie stuff the rock stuff and it's you know some principles are the same but a lot of it is quite different mm. um so it was good knowing and meeting a different range of people working yeah. with and stuff but um yeah it definitely made me realize that i need to think carefully about the people I decide to associate myself with in that industry so yeah I think it's like the same of any industry isn't it yeah kind of like um because something we talk about a lot is like um kind of you know when you are creative it kind of affects your social circles Mm. and who you spend a lot of time with and that can always be like a detriment to your like career I guess which is ironic because um you know but it, it kind of like who you put trust in and who you kind of like that's that I feel is important yeah um because you know first and foremost like most people are business partners but then some of those business partners become friends Mm -hmm. and that's where you need to sort of draw that very I guess close line of just what works and what doesn't um but I mean ironically as well I mean you know what something I admire about you and from the get-go is though is, is you're very vocal about a lot of like um toxic behavior and you know and especially things that you don't agree with which you know like um you know whether it comes to racism or sexism or you know just gender um inequality to anyone you're always you know stamping your feet and you know on social media (laughs) and going fuck you to the rest (laughs) i mean like it's it's interesting because that's i want to say very Greek of you and very <laughs> un-Greek of you. Is it, would that be an understatement? Yeah, like I get the being loud and I guess... That's very Greek. Standing like, up for people, yeah. but yeah, not very conservative views. No, I know. It's 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 kind of like you're the complete opposite. You've got all the unconservative values, but yet you're doing exactly what, you know, most people, um, you know, from Greece do which is speak up Best uh, of both worlds. yeah no, <laughs> i mean like were you like what kind of was the trigger for you i guess 
I don't know. I've always been, like, ever since I was younger, type of person to, I guess, stand up for things that weren't right. You know, if someone was doing something yeah. wrong at school, I'd be like, oh, that's not right or whatever. Um, and being a naturally confident person, I think that helped a mm. lot too. Um, I, I mean, I've done a lot of work on this too, but I um, don't struggle as much to speak up in areas where other people might. Yeah. Um, and that comes from just, you know, not wanting other people or myself to be treated like shit. Mm. Um, and half the time it's, you know, stuff where it's just like, really, you know, <laughs> we still like that. Are you really saying that? Are you really doing that? Um, so yeah, I guess it's been since I was little. Yeah. And that's kind of evolved because you, it's funny as well, because, you know, we've been friends for almost a year mm. or about that, like. It's been about that. Yeah, it's um, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, it's either been a year or over a year, um, <laughs> which is surreal to me. Um, and we see each other like like once a month or once every two months or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Give or take, we yeah. were meant to do it way <laughs> regularly, but it was like we're just shit house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like I think also, you know, the thing I admire about our friendship as well is you're very vocal about things that you know we talk about or you know like um you know and, and your opinions and things so it kind of mm. does it does you know you do know where you stand mm. in terms of your life um which does not mean i am kicked to the curb <laughs> um i am i am actually in the gutter in the drain pipe it's yeah. fine uh, <laughs> but i mean like yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh Kiri just kicks me into the curb all yeah. the time. It's great. Uh, but I mean, like, you know, it's it's one of those things that I think is a very admirable skill about you because someone of, I guess, your age range as well, because you're 19, 20. 20 um, yeah. yeah, like, but when we met, you were 19. So it was kind of like that period where you don't expect many people to be as vocal, I mm -hmm. guess, more just listening. Because, you know, that's, if anyone compares that, that's a fair age gap. Um, yeah, it's 10 years. But, mm -hmm. you know, I guess when I was 20, that was the last thing I thought about. Like, it was yeah. like kind of just like, eh, yeah, I didn't think about it. Like, I just panicked. <laughs> um, and I guess it's also interesting because I had this conversation all the time, which is, you know, I guess growing up in the 90s and you grew up in, the, you know, the 2000s, mm -hmm. the, the eras are different. Like, mm -hmm. there was a lot more things in your, I guess, upbringing that kind of, pushed the momentum forward mm. um whereas like yeah you didn't really speak up in the 90s as much yeah. i find like do you find that a lot of older people than you uh, you know still speak down to you oh definitely <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, yeah literally this there was a situation like that overseas in greece with my family and mm. um yeah i I'm always battling this because my family still, some of them, not all of them, can be quite traditional, conservative, um, very big on the respect your elders sort of thing, don't talk back. Mm. Um, so I guess it's very different. Like it feels like very different worlds, um, definitely, because I'm, I don't think that I'm more, you know, You've got to earn my respect. You've got to, um, you know, you having your say isn't you talking back or being yeah. disrespectful. Um, and I think as well, social media has helped arm more people in my generation mm. with the ability to speak out even without speaking, I guess, saying like physically saying the words because as we all know, it can be a lot easier to 
send a text than to oh god yeah you know <laughs> say it out loud yeah it's like what's saying it out loud when you can just <laughs> write it in an essay yeah um but i mean like also i think you know because you and i are very similar in a lot of ways which you know um but i think also it's it is interesting because yeah that pressure from coming from the next generation especially when you know you know returning home mm. um you know it it does it does i it must feel very strange when people you know especially i i think have the assumption that you you know you might be conservative because you must get that as well from people who don't know you they must be like oh you're greek so therefore you must be conservative and not forward thinking <laughs> <laughs> i I honestly don't know. Um, I feel like I'm pretty outspoken with my views that even if you thought that for a second, you'd probably change your mind very quickly. Um, (laughs) Because, yeah, I always, I find that if I'm more open about my stances, then Mm -hmm. I can get rid of the flies that I don't want hanging around me really quickly. Um, Yeah, which you seem to have a lot of. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm, I know, like you said, I know what I stand for and what I don't stand yeah. for. So it's easy for me to quickly go, mm, that's like a red flag. That's not someone yeah. I want to hang around. Whereas maybe for other people who aren't as sure of what they know, it's a bit more muddy. So it's like, oh, maybe it's a fly. Maybe it's a bee. Maybe it's, yeah. I, I think it's also, uh, you know, it, it goes back to my sort of mentality, which is, you know, age is just a concept in some sort of regard, hmm. um, because, uh, there is a little bit of like, Obviously, like life experience, but that comes with just you know growing as people. Yeah. Um. But then it just comes with being a total douche, <laughs> and you know. And I say this because I think you know what the, the creative industry does, um, as well as there that you do attract no matter what you are, you attract kind of the bad ointment or mm. like the bad kind of you know you know the murky aspect of it, um, where you can't ex you know can't say what you want to say without being shut down by someone mm. um like you know with with situations that happen to you i mean like do you feel like now if that situation happened again mm. would you kind of know the red flags very early on oh yeah definitely <laughs> um i think i knew the flag red flags early on mm-hmm. in the situation but um i don't know i guess I was, I'm the type of person who is less about, oh, you made a mistake, so I've got to cut you out. It's more how they recover from that mistake. Yeah. Especially when, because I'm very open, I will communicate to people like, hey, this makes me uncomfortable. Please don't say this or do this. Here's another thing you can do instead. Um, So I guess I was sticking out to see if that's what would happen like they would kind of learn from that and use the right language or Mm -hmm. that sort of thing and then it just kind of exploded and I went you know what I don't have to be here you can do your gig without me so (laughs) yeah and then they left yes (laughs) Uh, but I mean like you know I think that's really interesting and and you know really because I think also you know you you talk pretty openly about you know being I guess, would you describe it as non-binary? I still am not quite sure, yeah, <laughs> to be honest. But you don't really like, fit on the spectrum. No, I I don't know. Like, every time I see that box, it's like gender. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it changes all the time. So, <laughs> But you sort of like, you're always, I guess, 
don't because how you sort of label yourself is completely different to I guess how people see you. Yeah. Um, you know, which is I guess a bit of a kind of footloose fancy free, but also kind of like kooky human being. <laughs> um but that doesn't automatically mean this box. Yeah. Like you have multiple facets. Mm. And I think that kind of uh, you know, probably weirds people out a little bit. Oh, definitely. Because you're very independent. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you're not meek at all. And I think that kind of just goes, cool. Um, What do I do with this? Yeah. I think that's where the intimidation comes from. Yeah. They know what they're doing. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's also like, you know, with with you and just your level of presence, um, I think, yeah, you, you, you talk about, you know, you know, the fact that you're queer, the fact that you speak up about these things, regardless of, you know, what others think, which is, you know, a nerve wracking experience, especially oh, coming from like a very, you know, consolidated wall of, you know, yeah. religious or um, conservative family members. Yeah. That, I mean, like, does that at all kind of just make you go fuck you this kind of thing? Oh, uh, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fine line between. I guess trying to bring the ones that I know have it in them to mm-hmm. like see it the way I see it over, like not in a manipulative way or anything, but just yes, like let's a, break them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like in a way to I guess um educate them mm. and stuff. And then there's some people that you're just like, that's a lost cause, that's not worth <laughs> mm. my, you know, emotional energy or anything like that. So it's kind of a bit of a clean cut between those people family members or whatever yeah because i mean like you've had you i think also in particular there's a lot of things that people don't know about you Mm. um you know and i think that's that i know that i think a lot of people then kind of just because they you know see you at gigs and stuff and they all think you you know it's like the perception of we're all put together Mm. we're all fine we're all sane and then they don't see the sides of you know like the stuff that you've had to deal with in the last you know year and a bit and self-discovery and what's been going on like you know are we allowed to talk about the whole stuff okay good (laughs) i wanted to double check before i kind of went straight into that let's talk about the difficult stuff um but yeah like in terms of the health stuff that you've had to go through yeah um which you know, I've talking to you of um on the phone and via text has been quite harrowing mm. for you. Like, is that something? I guess. Do you feel like pe- when people kind of know of that, that and have a bit more insight into you, that maybe people will change their opinions <laughs> or like? I don't know. I think people change their opinions or are more willing to change their opinions when they don't see bias, which comes through being diverse and Mm. multifaceted, um, which I guess is kind of why I'm so open about things. Mm. Um, And, you know, being someone who, I guess, yeah, I consider myself quite healthy, but I've got a lot of health issues. Mm. As in, like, I look after myself healthy. Um, you know, being religious, but also being queer, like it's quite, it's a lot of, you know, um, opposites and black and whites mixed with gray and stuff. Um, but I think I've always made a point of trying to show people the different sides because they can't pull the, oh, but you know, you're, you're like queer, whatever. You're just going to stand up for it because you're queer. I'm like, oh, well, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually religious too. Or, you know, yeah. um, 
oh yeah, no, I've actually got a chronic health condition. Like, yeah. so it's, yeah, it's definitely helped me communicate with people. Yeah. So. Have we got a label for that chronic health condition now? Yes. Well, the one we know of so far is celiac disease. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, rest is yet to be determined. Um, but yeah, it's. It's been tough. <laughs> yeah, because you've been, you, from what you've told me, you've been in and out of hospital a lot this year. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. <laughs> um, that could be varying from, like, period cramps to, you know, all sorts of things. Allergic I think, reactions. Yeah, I've gotten, yeah. <laughs> I've gotten text messages from you, like, at 11 o'clock at night being like, I'm back in hospital. I'm like, great. <laughs> um, yeah, because, like, I think... It's it's terrifying as well, you know, oh, being yeah. being one of your close friends. It's kind of terrifying getting these texts and being <laughs> like, "I hope you're okay," because <laughs> there's nothing we can do. But I mean, it's it's one of those things that, un- unfortunately, whether you know, and this is where I kind of hate where we put everything into gender brackets. But mm. the fact that anatomy, like wise, um, you know, your biology is female, yeah. so it's like. That unfortunately has its own load of issues. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is a lot of it is unknown about mm. still to this day. There's a lot that people don't fully know, but um, you know, there could be a list of things that you know, you know, you worry about or could have. I mean, like, weird. Is there any part of you that just kind of, I guess, is glad that you have these things, regardless of all the pain that's caused you? As in, like. Glad that I have the diagnosis. Or... Yeah, but also like I guess in the way of just, you know, you're glad you have had these experiences, even though they are absolutely shit house. You're glad for them in some capacity. Um, honestly, it was just. <laughs> it's a very random so question. Yeah, so much energy spent on something that I just. Oh, if I. If honestly, if I had one wish, I'd just wish all that shit away. Really? Um, because it's affected so many areas of my life. Um, from you know not being able to go to work, um, and uni and all that, to people thinking I'm un- like not trustworthy because you know I can't make a plan. Where, mm. um, and also just the anxiety of, um, you know, not knowing where my next period is. Um, so not knowing what day I'm going to have to miss out on or mm. like once it hits, I'm like, how much time do I have left? Like, do I just grab the train, next train back home? Can I stick it out and then go home? Um, so it's been very unpredictable and I would, honestly, <laughs> I wouldn't wish it for anyone to have to go through any of that. Because how old were you when this sort of all started happening? I was 13. So Jesus. And it got worse and worse as mm. it kind of, I guess, went on. Um, and, of course, I got the, oh, it's normal. Oh, you know, it's just stress. Oh, now it's just HSC. Oh, it's just mm-hmm. your work. It's uni. It's this and that. Um, so, also having that level of being literally gaslit by <laughs> doctors and professionals for ages and then, mm-hmm. you know, having someone finally tell me, like, you know, seven years later, yeah, like, you've got celiac disease. That's a factor. And, you know, still trying to figure out all the other period stuff but the celiac disease did have a major effect on all of that being sick all the time Mm. um spending you know days in bed and stuff um so it was kind of like a sigh of relief like oh my god I wasn't just making it up but it was still um hard knowing that 
I was told that there was nothing wrong with me for so long. Yeah. So not not a great yeah thing to go through. <laughs> I mean, I don't envy you. I I think you know that's a, that's hard. And I mean, do you feel like you've you've come out as a more, I guess, understanding and empathetic person from it? I think I was already <laughs> understood. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I think. You don't need to have major health issues. To be <laughs> you don't need that. trauma to like, <laughs> Yeah. Like, I guess it, I understand when um, my, I guess, female friends are going through that. Like, mm-hmm. I know just how bad the pain can be. And I know, um, like, what I can kind of do, or what I know what I would appreciate in that situation. So I could give that to them. Um, but yeah, I guess it's kind of made me realize how unempathetic pe- other people are, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, I hear always the horror stories, which, you know, is that um, partners tend to be less empathetic towards, you know, those kind of issues, which seems baffling to me. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, especially when you've got, like, male partners or, yes. you know. And they tend to, and I'm talking cis male. Yep. I'm talk, specifically talking <laughs> yeah, cis, cis male. male yep. Very lack of understanding <laughs> right there. Um, but yeah, there's some, very few, but some who have a, a slight empathy. But a lot of them just kind of just go, oh, I don't know what you're, you know, complaining about. Or And, so, and there, I guess there's a, some sort of cis women who are also oh, in, definitely. in their category where they just go, oh, it's not that bad. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, for you, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like wonderful. Yeah, um, good to hear. but I mean like for you I guess is that always a conversation that you had to do when dating people is be like this is what I have and this is my lifelong condition and yeah well I guess definitely with all the food stuff and celiac because that affects everything from the food because I have been poisoned by ex-boyfriends families in the past Um, (laughs) so yeah having to be open to them right off the bat like you know I can't eat these foods hey I've got this condition so Mm. like um you know the amount of time I spend even at doctor's appointments is insane um so and not just with the celiac stuff with a whole bunch of other stuff too because it affects everything pretty much yeah um so having to be open about that being open with the period pain stuff um because that unfortunately also affects intimacy so um being like to them hey you know um certain things we can and can't do because it's painful so yeah um definitely i mean it's great because if they're all for it then you're like great you know they're understanding sweet yeah got a good person but it can be a bit awkward when they're like i don't know what to do with this i don't know what these big words mean yeah <laughs> joy celiac what <laughs> celiac disease yeah. is a completely common thing it's uh, so common it's, it's so weirdly common yes but apparently it's not common in greeks the first thing my doctor asked me was, are you sure you're just Greek? I was like, yeah, why? It's <laughs> like, this doesn't happen in Greek. Yeah, he's like, then it's not very common among Greeks at all. I was like, great. Thanks. Wow. Yeah. What do you think that is? Um, I guess diet and yeah. genetics and stuff. I mean, yeah, when you when you throw a different diet, I guess yeah. that could change. But I mean, it's the same because I, I go to a dietitian and um for my ibs and i mm. think one of the things that i remember speaking 
to the dietitian about. And apparently this happened when I was had an eating disorder when I was in late teens, early 20s kind of thing. Um, my dietitian was like, this could be a factor in it. This could be a fun factor. And it was because my muscles around my stomach kind of clenched and caused, you know, and didn't mm. properly stretch. So they actually cause more irritation. And a lot of the um, expanding of your stomach actually can cause more irritar- irritation in um, basically mm. your intestines, which is fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's so good. It's so nice going to a, a like, a, yeah, and I will give credit where credit's due when I, I was going to tend to go to three queer friendly um, doctors. And they are just lifesavers. They mm. are so much nicer. But it depends on which practice you go to. Because yeah. a lot of my practices are very good with, like, just a lot of different people. Yeah. And then I hate those ones who just, like, look like old people just writing notes. Yes. And I'm just like, no. It's yeah. like not everything is just a notepad and a computer. Like, there's a lot of factors. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I do know your pain, which is, like, going in and out of the doctors. I think, like, from my medical di- diagnosis – um, like, you know, when I was a kid, the only pedi- um, pediatrician uh, w- who diagnosed me with ADHD and epilepsy, no longer, unfortunately, with us, was the only one who kind of recognized what it was and had mm. any inkling. And mum and dad would have been lost without him kind of yeah. like thing. So it is kind of like you do kind of get lucky when you do find someone it, who knows mm. what your diagnosis is. Which is unfortunate. Like... Because I got lucky too. I went to see a naturopath because I was sick of seeing doctors who kept telling yeah. me stuff was wrong. And then she was the one that picked it up. And I thought, what if I didn't see this naturopath? Mm. Like, I could have gone my whole life eating gluten and feeling sick. And then it just completely destroyed my insights, which it already has. Um, like, it's going to take me ages to recover, <laughs> you know, being 20 and yeah. going through seven years of eating that when you're not supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm just like, thank God, but also why did it take so long? <laughs> why don't we have more people who can recognize that? Yeah. I mean, it's it's also because I guess, you know, with a pandemic and everything, it's it's been two years of hell, mm. like at this point. But I mean, it doesn't excuse the fact that a lot of doctors just didn't know that much. Mm. Um, like a lot of a lot of men's health has been yeah. locked into the last like 50, 60 years and a lot of women's health. Um, in terms of just, you know, as we say, um, doesn't get looked at. Mm. And it's, you know, your health benefits aren't as important. You know, it's like the female tax, um, <laughs> you know, and all these complicated things. And I think that even though we sort of sit in this non-gender specific our world, society still tells us to be like, this is the way you're treated and this is the way I'm treated. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to go away until we're at least like 50. Yeah. Until um, I'm 50. Yeah. I'll be <laughs> dead by that point. I'll only be 60, <laughs> but I'll be dead. Um, that's the way Kiri's talking about it. <laughs> They'll have murdered me at some point. Uh, but I mean, like, do you, do you feel like, you know, it's not just a five years away from knowing everything. It's kind of like 10 years. Oh, yeah. And especially for women, I feel like we don't get we're not taken seriously. So mm. even if it's known in five or 10 years, it'll take us an extra however many years. Like, yeah. cause we're just, I don't know if it's any other issue. It's, Oh, you know, are you sure it's not your period? And then when it's period, Oh, it's normal. It's like, uh, this surely isn't normal. Like, so I guess, yeah, we're battling that. Are you, are you does it make you worried about your future though? In terms oh, of, Oh, definitely. Yes. <laughs> oh, definitely. I still have so many, 
health issues that are undiscovered and mm. having to go, you know, it got to a point where I was having to choose which specialist to go to for the month because, you know, how am I supposed to spend 200 bucks on that? Oh, you know, what issue is is worse? Like my my bones right now or is it my gut or is it, you know, my mental stuff? What am I needing to focus on? So it's, yeah. Does that mean you just avoid relationships like a 10-foot pole? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, no, I've got to have someone in my life to... (laughs) <laughs> to, listen, to listen to my page. Oh, no. I just, I don't know. I guess I just think of it as, well, everyone's got their own shit yeah. they've got to deal with. This is just my shit I've got to deal with. Yeah. So, and you're not putting everything on pause because of all the of stuff health. that, no. yeah, which I think is very healthy. Um, yeah. You know, and, and so, because, you know, with your mental health and everything, you're quite an anxious person, even though you're mm. quite confident. You're quite an anxious person as mm-hmm. well as, I guess, are you diagnosed with like depression as well? No, I'm, I haven't been diagnosed. Um, but I have noticed that once my like celiac, you know, diagnosis came in and we treated that, it all kind of dampened, which was really cool for me. Because um, mm. I don't know how I would have done with that diagnosis and then still having those like underlying layers of mm. anxiety and stress and depression as well um, would have been really <laughs> difficult to cope with that. Yeah. But it still is, but yeah. Cause how would you, how would you describe your anxiety? Like when's it the worst? Um, well, it used to be all, every day pretty much from the mm. moment I got up. It was probably worse when I was waiting to leave the house so, like, I don't know, either driving to somewhere on public transport to work, to see a friend or whatever. Um, but I always I always push through it anyway. Yeah. I, I don't know how I did it because even um, when I went overseas to Greece, I accidentally had something with gluten and the whole day I was anxious and really? just felt so sick. I'm like, how was I doing this every day? Like, mm-hmm. how? I don't know. Like, I couldn't even get through that day. I, was, I stayed home. So, yeah. And now you're just like, how are you with gluten-free bread? Is that fine? Oh, yeah. No, I can have, as in like the taste or as in Like the actual body. consumption. Yeah, oh, your yeah, body's no. fine with I it. just can't have anything with gluten. Yeah, which is a lot of things. Oh, yeah. It's so much things. It's in shampoo and skincare. Really? So, yeah. So I've got to buy gluten-free like sunscreens, gluten-free like exfoliates because a lot of them come with like an oat sort of thing or wheat or whatever. It's like, wow. There's so much I'm learning about I like know. products <laughs> that suck. Yeah. And so it's so hard for me because I always buy like cruelty-free, vegan and all that. And then on top of that, gluten-free too. Yeah. Um. So it makes things a bit difficult, but we're getting there. <laughs> Good. <laughs> If you guys know any products, let me know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, well, you know, list it, list it down somewhere so yeah. we can just kind of like buy. Yeah. Um, I mean, like that's always the way as well. It's it's because I go with Paula's Choice, which is a great brand. Mm. But I mean, like if I don't know if that actually has gluten in it, it probably does. Mm. Um, but it's ethically friendly as well. It's yeah. not like shitty lack of chemicals. And mm. I hear, um, yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things that you know, the more you learn. It's like why people always get vegan-related problem um, products when they're vegan. Like it's just like no, mm. you know, no animal cruelty or anything like that. Mm. But then, so, like, 
This is the thing as well. Some vegan products suck. Yeah. Like some of them just straight up suck. Have you, if you've eaten vegan cheese, this is the most disappointing thing. Oh, yeah. No. It sucks so much. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's like I've had gluten-free bread before. I love um, I love it. But it depends on the kind of bread you oh, get. Yeah, definitely. Like Some... That, that aeroplane gluten-free bread. Oh, my God. Worst thing ever. Yeah, but aeroplane food's shit out. Like, Oh, no. Look, some of it's okay. Some of it's edible. Um, depends which class you're in. And <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, in economy. Class. Yeah, no, in yeah. economy. It just tastes like... Uh, I've only ever been to business in a first class once, and that was because of premium access. Thank you, mum and dad. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, even then, I was like always, you know... Um, yeah, it was just the shitty kind of like food trace that they give you and it all tasted terrible you used to go for the vegetarian options always though and that yeah. meant you got fed first yeah well i get fed first anyway because i'm gluten free yeah. too so yeah so yeah. You, get, you you put yourself on like the the specialist and you always get fed first yes. and it's great because yeah. then you're eating and everyone else is like mm. and you're like <laughs> fuck yeah um so just be a dick school camps yeah and yeah. everything it was like all the kids with allergies come up to the front i'm like yep yeah. that's me um <laughs> Yeah, so like I guess I mean like how how many how many boxes do you have to tick when you get on a flight then? Oh uh, well yeah, no gluten, no peanuts. Um, unfortunately as well, like due to the worsening of like my gut and stuff, um, slowly haven't been able to eat things like soy, lentils. Really? Um, noticed that I grew in reaction to cashews sometimes too. Which apparently my doctor says if you just keep eating them and keep exposing your body to them, like it'll be okay. But the moment that you cut them out completely, you can grow a reaction. Oh. Um, so it's a bit touch and go. Usually if I'm out, especially on an airplane, I, I'll say no because I don't want to have to deal with that. But if I'm at home and I know that I can be comfortable, I can be taken to the hospital if it gets really bad, then I'll have a little bit. So. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's the most stressful thing. Is like I can't eat this unless I know I might go to the hospital. Yeah. And it tastes fucking good. Yeah. And I think that's now where most of my anxiety sits. Mm. It's with my food, um, because there have been times where I've said to people that can't have peanuts, can't have gluten, um, and then I get a dish, eat it, and the next thing I know, I'm rushed to the hospital because there was oh peanuts god. and gluten in it. Um, and that's happened a few times before. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say I have trust issues, but definitely with my food, I'm always like, are you sure it doesn't have gluten? Are you like 100% sure? Like, yeah. can you please check, um, please. Or like a lot of ice cream parlors, if I see that they've got a peanut, um, you know, flavor, I'll ask them, do you guys use different spoons? Because if there's any cross-contamination, interesting, yeah, hospital. So that's, that's good to know. And it, and it's sort of like those one of the things that I think a lot of people in the hospitality industry have overlooked. Mm. Um, Just people in general. Yeah. Like even friend gather, ga oh, sorry, friendship gathers. Like yeah. I'll always ask people, hey, anyone have food allergies stuff? A lot of the time I'll have to eat beforehand because I'll rock up and there's nothing I can eat. Yeah. So it's definitely made me realize, like I said, who's more empathetic, who um, my real friends are people that care about me because I even have family members who, you know, will rock up with stuff I can't eat and they're like, well, you know, I shouldn't have to not be able to eat this just because you can't. 
And yeah. It's like, well, thanks. Now I can't eat anything. So I think it's also really important to know that, like, you know, where the hidden gems of restaurants and food places oh, that are around definitely. the city are, because like. Um, and unfortunately it's shut now, but Bad Manners, um, that used to be on the Topically Point Road was the place that you go to if you're a vegetarian mm. because they only ever serve vegetarian food and yes. they would trick you into thinking it was meat, but there was nothing on the menu that had meat in it. Yeah. It was great. It's but like two chaps. Yeah. In like, Marrickville. Yeah. Same thing. It's all vegetarian. I think it's really smart, especially, but I, I do know people who, you know, same, same check on the oil that's being used, if the oil's been cross-contaminated yeah. with chips and what's been cooked in it. So, you know, I think that a lot of the time it is hard because mm-hmm. it adds a lot of expense, unfortunately, to hospitality yeah. industry, which then means they have to charge her at a higher premium rate, mm. which then is why there's a lot of expensive food. But when it's done right... It also it's, makes it makes such a big difference. It does. Like, there's nothing worse than going to like a restaurant and the only thing you can eat is a salad. Mm. It's. I've I've definitely had friends. I went to we went to a Turkish restaurant, um, and one of my friends just basically couldn't eat. Unfortunately, a lot mm. on what, what was on the red um on, blah, 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 on the menu, <laughs> and I think it's one of those things that you look at the menu and you go, oh, this is delicious, but I can't eat fuck all. You yeah. know. Um, and also he has a sensitive gut. He's like you, he just has a very sensitive gut. And I, you know, this is the thing, like sometimes it's self-inflicted, you know, I'm not mm. saying your condition is, <laughs> oh, no, um, <laughs> but, but like some people's gut issues are self-inflicted. Like I know a lot of my gut issues would have been self-inflicted mm. like because of, you know, my anorexia and like eating disorder mm. would have been a cause to have some gut issues later. Yeah. But there's also part of genetics, which is, I know my dad has, you know, gut-related issues. My brother has gut-related issues. That yeah. is a good sign that I also I was, have yeah. gut-related issues. So I do have to be conscious about, like, what I eat. I can't have milk. Like, mm. I can't have – cheese is not great for me. I'm very lactose intolerant, even mm. though it's delicious. I will be quite sick. Um, it's like those things that I do – I am aware and I know the risks, but there is nothing that has sent me to the hospital in terms of, like, diet-related things. Yeah. Um, but I did remember when I went – I went vegetarian, which I think was, like, one of the smartest things I did for a while. And I actually prefer a vegetarian diet anyway. It's just nicer. Mm. There's a lot of meat that I just kind of – I love, but I also am like, yeah, it's too much of a good thing. Yeah. Um, and I did remember that it was kind of like mocked because my family grew up with meat all the time. Like we were just like, that was, you know, what we, we steak and free reg kind of like thing yeah. growing up. So I think now just going, oh yeah, I'll eat, you know, whatever I can get. I prefer to eat vegetarian though, kind of surprises my mother because it's still like, oh, but why? <laughs> like, I get that. Do you, do are your parents very good at understanding about your, you know, needs in terms of food relations? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I guess we had practice with the peanuts and stuff. Mm. So um, with the gluten, they've kind of helped to that. Um, but definitely not a lot of other family members and stuff. Oh, my grandparents can be pretty accommodating. Yeah, um, but like extended relatives, I guess, are the where oh, you go off the rails. Oh, yeah. No, we, we're always arguing over which places to go eat. Um, yeah, yeah, which yeah, because <laughs> especially I've had quite a few rea- – I've had three allergic reactions now from eating, like, Thai food and um, it was like a – I think it was like a Thai-Korean fusion, like, sort of restaurant mm-hmm. um, because obviously a lot of those Asian cuisines use 
peanuts, peanut oil, yep. all of that. And even though every time I ask them, no peanuts, please, like no peanut oil, nothing, mm. I still ended up getting a reaction whether they put peanuts in and forgot or um, there was still some contamination. Um, so it, I just avoid those restaurants because it's just safer for me. Yeah. Um, and that's always a challenge. People will be like, oh, but, you know, you can just order something without peanuts. Oh, like, you know, you're making it harder for everyone else. It's like, I didn't choose to have this. And if you were in the same position, like, would you want to risk having yeah. to spend the night in hospital? And I had partners who would always challenge that. I'm like, I've told you, I don't feel comfortable yeah. with that. Like, why can't you just accept that? And because obviously it affects my partners too. Not so much with the celiac um, stuff, but with the peanuts, like if, you know, partners eating peanuts and I go to kiss them, I can still get an allergic reaction. Yeah. So there's been plenty of arguments over <laughs> stuff like that too, unfortunately. Oh, so, no. Yeah. That yeah. must make f- so much fun. I know. It's like it's one thing. Like peanuts is it's just one thing that I ask you not to <laughs> have. Like, come on. They're not please. that great. <laughs> please. Please and thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like... Uh, you know, the, I, it makes it sound like you have a criteria when you go dating and you just go... Oh, no, I full have a checklist. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I remember you mentioning this ages ago. You were just like, nah, they have to fit this criteria. Otherwise, fuck them. Not fuck those because I don't want them to be my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, you've, you've also dated your fair share of crazy people. Which, oh, no, definitely. Oh, yeah. Which is why the list exists now. It it's existed. Like... It existed even before some of the crazy people I Oh, about. yeah. But stuff gets added on as I learn things that I like and don't like yeah. and partners and the way that I like to be treated that I guess it gets added to the list, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is great. So I mean, yeah, um, I think I think it's also like one of those things that I, you know, I remember having my own checklist, which was empathy or sympathy, mm-hmm. <laughs> like just have empathy or sympathy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess like also, I, it's funny. Yeah, you do like when you go into a relationship as well and when it's dietary requirements, I dated a few people who were vegetarian and vegan and had dietary issues. Mom does not cope well with dietary (laughs) issues. This is something I've learned over the years. And I think it's like, um, you know, it's just, it's kind of one of those things that mom goes, Oh, Oh, why why can't they just eat anything? And I'm like, mom, you, you literally have probably ignored your, like, this is the thing as well. I feel like it's a generational thing. Like we're so Mm. acutely aware of our own bodies now and what it's, what it's doing. But I, I mean, like my mom's the same person who goes, oh, do you still really need to see your therapist? Mm. So much fun. Um, Love it. But I mean, like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) so much fun. Um, You know, and I think, you know, it's it is one of those things that you know we when we do open up to people and it, and it, you know there is some trepidation as well when we open up to people mm. like I think this year has taught me to be very closed off comparatively to a couple of years ago um, to who I put trust into and I think you know like everyone says you're my friend that doesn't imply anything yeah, like a, a friend yeah. is such a broad label especially when it comes to caring it gets thrown around so much yeah. these days I mean like do you know if if you calculate how many close friends who actually know you, hmm. like how many would you actually say exist? Oh, probably uh, just a handful. Yeah. Honestly. like I'd probably say like six or seven. Yeah. And that's it. Um, but it's it's also like, I, I think necessary. It's not how often you speak to the people. It's just how much they actually care. Oh, yeah. It's like, 
You know, I think that's what whether because people think that friends and how you know people care about you is how often you speak to each other, mm. but it's how much effort you actually put into the friendship and how much it means to you. Yeah. Same with opinion about relationships as well. Like I always used to say, a, a relationship is a friend basically that you're just closer with. Yeah. Which is essentially what it should theoretically yeah. be. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you're yeah. going into a relationship for all the wrong reasons, please listen to this advice because it is quite helpful. But I mean, like, you know, Emily is my best friend. So it's mm-hmm. like, but that is apparent because I've told you things that obviously you and I, um, you know, by the time this actually comes out, will be public knowledge, but <laughs> which is nice. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I told you about the engagement plan yeah. and, and you know, it's just a lot of stuff that goes on in our day-to-day life about my family. Yeah. And, you know, but, it, you know, we have level of trust, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't go up to someone in the street and be like, hey, this is my plan for my life. You know, you don't do that. And especially like in large groups of friends, I generally tend to be the quieter one. Are you the same when you're like, you know, gauging everyone? It depends. Like I very much bounce off other people's energies. Mm. Um, But also that can be relative. Like if I see someone that's really out there, I'm, yeah, I'm more likely to be, um, I guess, conserved. Well, not as conserves, just like, yeah, to myself to balance yeah. it out. Because like, we, well, we don't want too crazy people. <laughs> well, not crazy, <laughs> but like if we have too loud people, it's just not going to get anything yeah. done. So I kind of, yeah, like I bounce off other people, but I also kind of gauge my place. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, that must be hard. No. <laughs> You're like, I'm just, nah. I'm used to it. I... I guess working with a lot of people, especially working with little kids, yeah. I have to know um, like half my job is just figuring out what type of teacher I need to be for them. Yeah. Because like, it... what's your what's your te- like age range in, in terms of teaching kids? <laughs> uh, from like four to 70. So, wow. Yeah. That must be nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Like where did this just come as a part-time thing that you decided to do yeah i did it during school one of my friends was like oh i'm working at this um, music tuning place and they're looking for like you know another piano teacher and violin teacher do you mm. want to do it and i was looking for a job at the time and i thought you know beats doing retail like stuff yeah. that i know and i enjoy and i'd yeah. like to teach um and so yeah it just kind of went from there jeez that's awesome yeah i mean like you know especially when like I like that you mentioned kids because especially they're so impressionable, mm. especially like I, th- I think until we're probably about 15, 16, we're very impressionable people. Yeah. And then we kind of like develop a personality and then we're just like, fuck everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was definitely me at 16. I was like, nah, fuck you all. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that's when we sort of consider ourselves adult and independent mm. is probably that 15, 16 year old bracket. Mm. Um, whether we actually are is a completely different matter. Yeah. If we know nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's so cute. And nice. I know, but it's, it's so true as well, because like, if I said to someone, I know everything now, it's like bullshit because I don't like, mm. you never really know everything. You just know from experiences that you have. Oh, yeah. Um, and everyone's impressionable. Like, we're all just kind of like, I'm learning from people older than me. But, it, I mean, like, when it, it goes back to that age as a number. So, mm. like, a four-year-old will look up to you and be like, they know everything. They're like a god. Yeah. And you're like, not really, but I can teach you, like, the fundamental skills that will make you build upon 
your said skill set, which will help you in the long run. Yeah. Um, is that kind of how you see teaching as well, that you're just kind of helping them build their skills so that they can kind of move on and do bigger things? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm always encouraging my students to do whatever they want to do. Like even had students say to me, I don't want to learn piano. I want to do guitar next door. I'm like, do it, <laughs> you know? Yes. Like, I mean, it means I lose a student, but I'd rather have you doing something that you yeah. love, you know? Um, and I always push for that. Uh, and I push for definitely like breaking the stereotypes in music. So we always get, you know, the girls doing piano and all the boys learn guitar and drums. And yeah. um, even our, like the place I used to work at, the teachers reflected that all the men taught guitar, bass, drums, all the women taught singing, violin, piano. And so I was very much encouraging my students, you know, ask your parents to do guitar instead. Or, oh, your brother wants to do piano, you know, why don't you guys swap for a session and see yeah. what he thinks? And um, I guess trying to also subtly <laughs> break those social constructs yeah. um, of, you know, anything. I mean, starting off with music, but had a lot of, um students say oh you can't do that i was like why it's like oh because you know you're a girl it's like and they're like oh yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah i can do this you know so yeah um yeah it's definitely been a valuable experience being able to um i guess know where i stand and by trying to figure out what i want impressionable little kids to yeah kind of know and take on yeah, because I think I think that's quite exciting as well, especially because like I think piano is one of the coolest instruments. Um, it's <laughs> definitely so cool. Um, but it's it's one of those things because all I remember is like Freddie Mercury playing it. Yeah, <laughs> like that's my pinnacle memory of just <laughs> someone so badass. Um, and then you know um, people like Amanda Palmer who do it consistently as well, for like cabaret acts. Mm. And I think it's also just it's one of those things that you know. Yeah, it's such a gender construct that we look at look at like band members and stuff like that. That the lead singer is always a woman, you know, that the uh, or you know a man with a very high voice, or you know. Yeah. But there's there's none of that now. That's kind of just everyone's doing everything. And in terms of the music scene, it's a lot more. Oh, it's more diverse. Not as it could still be a lot better. Well, um, yeah. I mean, the grunge. You know, the it's I've been through the like going to a lot of gigs when I was, uh, you know, in my early 20s. Mm. And some of them were so hit and miss. But also the venues are sometimes hit and yeah. miss. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, do you do you find the balance between, especially when it goes to diet as well, and what you can <laughs> eat there? Like, I guess you have to eat beforehand or oh, take something always. with you. Always. Um, it's great when I'm doing shows in Newtown and Anmore and stuff, however, because there's everything I remember doing. I did a gig at Waywards and there was the gluten-free pasta place and I ordered a nice gnocchi because you don't find many good gluten-free gnocchis around. Um, and I was just sitting there eating it and, you know, I could see the staff looking at me thinking, why didn't she just get food here? It's like, well, joke's on you. I can't eat your food. So, yeah. And that's the annoying thing too because obviously we get um, prices off meals and drinks yeah. and stuff. I don't drink and um, I, I guess, can't have a lot of the meals anyway so it's kind of like well I'm spending the money anyway <laughs> but yeah i mean like has there been any venues that you've been like this is terrible oh i mean i don't i don't know 
I, I feel like I haven't been to enough <laughs> venues to really have a say. My bandmates are always like, oh, we hate playing at this place or this place is shit. Um, I guess it's more the people yeah. that are there. And it's more, honestly, it's more the other bands that irk me than the Interesting. Is that because yeah. they just grate you the wrong way? I often, when sitting in the green room, just get, um, like dismissed because they just think I'm someone's girlfriend or something. So, you know, they'll go up to my bandmates and say, oh, hi, yeah, we're from this band. How are you? They're like, yeah, good. I'm so-and-so. And this is our keyboardist, Kiri. Um, so I've always got to be invited into that space first because a lot of the time yeah. they don't. Unless, like, I've come in with the keyboard, yeah. like, they, they get it. Um, but if I've been, if I'm just sitting there and they come in, they just assume that, I'm not in the band because a lot of the time as well, like we've got another um, our drummer's female, so we're half half. A lot of the time, where there are only two women who are on a lineup, or maybe there's one other. Jesus, woman, but that's it. So that's very, very limiting. Oh yeah, I I went to this gig. I mean, it was in the Shire. So <laughs> um, but- <laughs> wow, you're selling it to me greatly. <laughs> um, there were six bands, so say like four to seven people per band. Yeah. So that's like 24 to 42 people. Uh, yeah, there yeah, was yeah. one female in the whole lineup. One. That's sad. She slayed the bass, but it was just... I mean, that's yeah. that's sad. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, it's also kind of like, you know, because I follow a lot of female artists, mm. and so it's kind of amazing how few and far between... They exist in bands. Yeah, especially in rock bands. Yeah. And also the problem is people don't want to be part of the shitty culture. Like the band I was in, you know, they had specifically asked, this is my previous band, they're like, we want a female vocalist and keyboardist to, you know, I guess they were, I'm not sure if they were trying to bring that in for sound or for wokeness or, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but then after I kind of put the word out about what happened, no one wanted to work with them. And that's a problem if there are men who are, you know, gonna hold these certain um, tropes and stuff and act them out. Women don't want to be in those environments. So they're not going to invite women in anyway. So it's just going to remain closed off. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's the right form of cancel culture as well. And and only if the bands aren't on stage, the bands (laughs) are still on stage. That all. Yeah. mm. See, if the bands aren't getting. If people aren't seeing them, then they're not going to be playing shows. If yeah. people still come to see them, they'll still be playing shows. That's the problem as well. It's really hard to kind of completely... De- yeah. And uh, the, even for me, like trying to figure out, because I want to put a band together for my solo stuff, it's like most musicians I know who, like, because for me, I'm trying to fit the criteria of like, I trust them, mm-hmm. you know respect and work ethic and also being a good musician most are men because women aren't invited into that space as much as um yeah yeah men yeah women aren't invited to space yeah, as much yeah, 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 yeah i think i said that but yeah. you did you okay did, you it did. was just double checking um so it it's difficult yeah it's really hard do you do you think you'd want an all-female band oh if i could yeah 100 yeah. um but Working on it. <laughs> it's a, It can be a slow process. I mean, it, yeah. it's entirely possible, I think, to have happen. Oh, yeah. Um, I've seen it happen. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of famous Australian artists who, you know, have strived towards 
doing it, but it, it is a journey. It feels like it does. Yeah. Like, yeah, I feel, feel like a lot of the industry is dominated by men. And, mm-hmm. but like, what do you think of just in terms of how you dress and everything as well? Like, do you, do you think that gets bothered to you because you're like on stage and how people see you? As in, like, how I, f- like, what do you mean? Yeah, like, like your appearance wise and everything. Do you, th- do people judge you pa- based on how you dress and everything when you're on stage? I, or judge you um, solely on the music? Well, see, that's the thing. I, because we are in a field where we attract a lot of, I guess, male listeners, mm. um, sometimes, and like I said, being the only two females in a lineup sometimes, sometimes when I do see them, like, rocking up to see us, I'm like, yeah, are they here for the band? Are they here because there's a couple of hot hot chicks, as they say, you know, yeah. on stage? And, um, like, I think that, like, you know, it's great if us being women get them to actually listen to us in the first place, but at the same time, like, we deserve to have that level regardless of yeah who we are. So, and then, of course, I... I mean, I'm not sure about my bandmate, but I get a lot of unwanted attention from people, which is annoying too. And there have been times where I had to think twice about what I might wear to a gig or because mm. um, people just think that, oh, you know, if you're on stage and you're dressed a certain way, that's an invitation for them to strike up certain conversations. Um, and I've even been to gigs with previous partners and stuff and it's like, yeah, they just completely ignore that. I've got mm. my partner here, or I felt like I had to be more, um, I guess, PDA with my partner for them mm. to get the message and back off. Um, That's annoying. Yeah. Like, even my last gig, <laughs> guy I play a show with is still messaging me. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, <laughs> get the picture. But, yeah. So Eager. <laughs> too eager <laughs> too eager please back off <laughs> please uh, back off <laughs> yeah i mean like that's that's always like the achilles heel as well which you know mm-hmm. it, i guess doesn't happen to me because of the and in quotes guy aspect mm. um but yeah it doesn't it doesn't obviously hasn't affected me ever in my life where mm. i get unwarranted texts uh, or attention mm. i mean how do you kind of funnel that how do you it's hard because a lot of the time I feel like I want to shrink myself, mm. which I'm, I've never wanted to shrink myself. But um, when I guess I would say that I'm a quite charismatic and charming person to talk yeah. to. So I sometimes have to pull that back because then I think, oh, people getting the wrong idea. Mm. And, but then it's hard because I'm like, if I'm too nice, they're like, oh, you know, like she's interested. And then if I'm like too, if I'm standoffish and just being, you know, there have been times where I've, like been horrible to, to a person just to leave me alone they're like oh you know she likes me she's just being sarcastic you know oh, Jesus. whatever okay. and so it's just like you can't win in whatever mm. situation whether you, like i've been i've tried to be so like grossly um not self-obsessed but just full of myself like i've had people just come up to me they're like oh yeah you're hot i'm like yeah thanks i like i knew that already like to that <laughs> point just to be like just to try and throw them off and yeah. get rid of them but it just nothing works um so it's i guess it's hard to at the end of the day i'm like well they're gonna do it anyway so i'll just be myself yeah but it's still frustrating having to go through that and knowing that my like male counterparts don't 
go through that as much. Well, I guess I still have like the fangirl sort of thing, but it's very different. Yeah. I mean, that's that's always hard as well, especially because, um, you know, <laughs> I love that you were like, it's <laughs> just my glasses. Are... No, you fix yeah. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, no, that's hard because I feel like, you know, especially, especially like ideas and, you know, um, concepts we've, what's wrong? Sorry, I was just adjusting them. <laughs> You know, I'm going to take these off. Okay, cool. Yep. I'm going to try. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're so much easier not to wear glasses. Yeah, I will yeah. give you that. <laughs> um, but no, that's hard because especially like in terms of, you know, how, how you view yourself and then how others view you, it gives you a lot of unwarranted attention. I mean, like that, I think also, you know, we've, we've talked about doing like photo shoot concepts and stuff together, mm. but I think there's always a little bit of, you know, and I, I know you have a lot of trust in me. Mm. I don't have a lot of trust in the internet, which is where <laughs> I draw the line. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Cause like, I think it's, it's fine, I guess. But when you have that level of, ex- I guess, exposure mm. or, you know, um, I guess it's also because I, Predominantly, if anyone's checked out my photography, I photograph a lot of, um, you know, a lot of my female friends and stuff, which is just something I do. Mm-hmm. And I particularly, you know, I, I remember I was sitting down with my partner and uh, my partner, Emily, was just like, you just really like the human form. And I'm like, yes, this is something that I just as an artistic thing, I've always just been very much like, I like the way the body is. Mm-hmm. I just like it from an artistic form. And I follow a lot of artists who do like that kind of photography style. But I think as it it has unwarranted because you do get comments like, oh, you're just trying to sleep with everyone that you meet. Mm. And it's like, well, that's not true. And mm. if you knew me, I'm like by this point engaged, which is nice <laughs> and very happy in a healthy relationship. But it's, it's also kind of like I do remember when I was single, that was a thing that people used to think. And it took a lot of trust, you know, to get people to understand that it was no, nothing like no interest, nothing, you know, predatory or anything about life. And it's it's funny because like I have so many female friends and a, a lot of um, gender fluid friends as well, um, and I think for me it's always kind of just where you know like it tends to be the partners who don't trust me than my friends, mm. and they're like where does their loyalties lie? Mm. And I think that's always quite hard. I mean, like you know, how do you know when you trust someone? Like, how do you know that? it's safe to put trust into me versus like you doing someone else, I guess. I guess getting to know someone is just the easiest way. <laughs> I mean, like, like yeah. what I want. <laughs> I, I don't know. I tend to be a very trustworthy. I'm not trustworthy. Like I don't find it hard to put my trust in people. Yeah. Um, Cause I think I mentioned this before, but I've noticed that me being open allows other people to be open so it's easier to work with things when you're dealing with you know the actual versions and properties of them rather than someone who's trying to hide some things and stuff so I try to be that straight off the bat and I you know if that person breaks that trust even like in a small way or whatever I just take that and go okay well that's some I can't trust them in that way I can't trust them at all um, some people would say, oh, but you know, that's like, you're emotionally like, you know, I guess giving yourself away or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I, I personally don't see it that way. It doesn't take that much effort for me. It's easier. Cause then I know like, okay, that person's not someone that 
I want to associate with, like yeah. I've said, and I don't want to waste time on people like that. It's easier for me to figure that out sooner rather than, you know, me not really <laughs> trusting them and then them not really trusting me and yeah. trying to figure it out and then it's all just messy and then, you know, it's just kind of like a static sort of relationship. Yeah, because, I mean, like, that's, uh, that's quite hard as well, especially putting faith into people and being like, because, you know, we, we're both open books, but mm-hmm. very much reserved in other ways. Yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> like, it's funny because, you know, with each other, we're very much hard on our slaves. Mm. But then we <laughs> I think one of my favorite conversations where we were both just like, how do we explain this without not being insanely cryptic? Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I think we've learned how to, you know, just open just up and just yeah. say it. But it, it, I think it's also like we're, it's funny, we've gotten to the point of our friendship where, you know, we just tell any, each other anything mm-hmm. and it doesn't really phase. Mm-hmm. But I, there's very few friends that I, I definitely, and I think it's also kind of interesting because we've earned that. Like there's a slow progression of just, mm-hmm. you earn that trust and you earn that kind of regular behavior because we both got, you know, mental health issues. You've seen me at my worst and mm-hmm. kind of at my best and you get occasional messages like, I'm just dying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, you know my escapades, but I I definitely think that not everyone gets that. And I think it's interesting because we've had very much, you know, like uh, both sides, but I've definitely had friendships where it's like they think they know me and then they don't. Yeah. And that's very bizarre to me as well because it kind of makes me more closed off when people assume stuff about me. Yes, yes. And I'm like, that's... I, I hate assumptions. Yeah. Just, honestly, I've <laughs> learned to never assume anything because, yeah, so much shit goes down if you assume things. It's, it's kind of why I'm always very blasé and off the cuff. It's, like, easier just to be like, nah, it's straight straight to the point. Yeah. Like, you know, what's going on? And I, I definitely think, you know, obviously everyone, you know, is allowed to have sort of some level of boundaries. Mm. Um, but I think there's a difference between assuming something about someone and assuming you're close with someone when you're not Mm. and that's or how much you know about them which i always think is a very like you know because i've I've definitely had like especially you know not not recently but i'm very acute at picking up on you know what people say and what people do and you know how they act and you know and everything like that and i think it's it's very much like you know you pick up red flags as as we were saying Mm. before very quickly yeah. Of who's kind of logo crazy. <laughs> um, and it, it's great, but it's also just like, I don't know, it's it's surreal because, yeah, there's definitely some people who I thought were way closer and they weren't. Yeah. They didn't, you know, their vision or like things didn't lie. And I've put trust into people that was, you know, completely ripped under me, which yeah. is also the other hard thing. Like, mm-hmm. um you know, and I think, how do you know that? I guess you never really know when something's, you could say it about anyone, like someone's always going to rip something. Oh, yeah. Everyone has the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I whether mean, they like, do it or not. <laughs> yeah. But how do you, like, how do you know in the top of your head when you, you p- put the right faith? There must be a point, because I always know there's a point, like, where I'm like, no, this person's definitely yeah a good egg. I guess it's, a lot of it is intuition as well. Yeah. Um. And just how they make me feel, I guess. Um, yeah, I 
I don't know I guess it gets to a point where you're like because like I said before I, it's not the mistakes it's how they recover from them yeah so I usually have my like three rule sort of thing like you know if they do that same thing I've asked them not to or if they mm. act that way again or whatever especially when you've communicated because it's hard to do that when you haven't communicated that you're uncomfortable yes. it's easy to set that boundary when you have communicated that which is why I guess I put trust in them to know that stuff about yes. me so that you know helps both parties out I guess um, how do you feel safe <laughs> <laughs> 101 yeah but I've definitely been you know burnt in the past so mm. um some things where I was just like wow like well you know what? I think I always know but it's more den denial yes. a lot of things I think a lot of us do know um when someone's a good egg or not it's just you know either not wanting to believe it or fear that they'll like of a life without that person yeah the place that they hold because I think for me looking back I'm like yeah I, I could see all of that it was just me not wanting to believe that they weren't a good egg yeah, yeah. I mean that's 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 very true as well and it's definitely like you know something I've learned throughout the year you know like the years i will say not just a year but i mean like something that really taught me in the pandemic was like who i could put trust into mm. especially um you know and and some of the friends that i've made out of the pandemic um have been more beneficial mm. like in terms of the long run like of i have you are one of my close friends so shut up um but it's like i think you know it's one of those things that, you know, had had the pandemic not happened, I don't know how many other traits I would have just let slide. Yeah. Um, and now that that's kind of happened, and I've, I've definitely lost friends, which, you know, if you call them that, but I, I've definitely lost faith in a lot of people. Mm. And I think, you know, like having a support network like yourself, like Emily, like um, a few of my other friends where, she, you know, they have been there, they have, you know, and, it, and you know, that's that's hard, you know, in some regards because you feel like your world shrinks. But it's also great because your world's not as complicated as it was when you were in high school where, you you know, you think, I've got 20 friends and, you know, yeah. everyone's amazing Never and I can trust. But yeah, no, it's <laughs> yeah. like, but it's, you know, like I think when it comes to people, you know, it, it comes to that confiding in them and, you know, and knowing when it's safe and they're, they're like as nice as, you know, and this is the thing as well. You can be the nicest person in the shop. Like you can be absolutely nice. Doesn't mean you're also always safe to confide into, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's just down to how, you know, you talk or you deal with situations or you just, I think there's a thing is like, oversharing too quickly especially in a friendship mm. and and you know like it has to be kind of a gradual thing because you know yeah. i i've definitely you know when i was younger I used to overshare and then scare people off and that was you know just because i revealed too many things too quickly but i think when it's a more gradual thing and you open up that trust you know layer and they can share and you can share it does create a bit more of a foundation mm. um you know some people are just utter liars and compulsive liars, <laughs> in which means case you've been blown over. But yeah, like a lot of the time, I do find it more overwhelming when someone's just from the get go. Mm. So 
open and 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 about everything. I'm not even just like <laughs> about everything. And I'm like, this is should I know of warning flags? Should I, uh, you know, you could be nice, but Jesus Christ, like I'm learning everything about this person in like the space of an hour. Yeah. You know, does that does it, are you the same where that's kind of a bit weird? It depends on the person. I think I'd I admire people who can just be open about son's experiences <laughs> like there was one night i went out with some uni friends um and like we had all been on zoom class together we had never actually met in person because <gasps> pandemic and a few of us really hit it off and the next thing you know we're saying stuff where it's like how are we having this conversation our first time hanging out but i guess we all hit it off and sometimes it's easier to be more open with strangers them with mm. people close to you but i think for me where i go mm, that's iffy is when people i guess try to blurt it all out as if i'm their therapist it's like oh and this happened and that happened and like telling me their life story um and it's almost like yeah they're just desperate to have someone hear everything i think that's where i go oh like i get a bit closed off i guess with that but when it's just when it's genuine and like it's less oh i'm gonna tell you everything more um like you can ask me anything and i'll give you the answer um that's where i'm i feel more safe because i'm that person too like you know i'm happy to throw in something to get people like oh yeah okay this is the sort of level of openness we can have yeah um but all the time i'm like you know if you just ask me i'll tell you like (laughs) like, i'm not gonna tell you everything like straight up i'm not gonna vomit it all out to you but if you have a question like yeah, Ask. not it's not like I wear a t-shirt saying here are all my deepest darkest secrets. Yeah, and, you know, like <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I think it's really earned because it is terrifying, especially like, um, you know, there's a few friends who know some stuff about me, and I'm like, oh, okay, I wouldn't tell like just broad daylight, yeah, everything, um, because you know, I feel like there's also a lot of just things that you learn about people that you're kind of like, oh, okay, I know you as a person, and therefore like you know certain situations kind of seem a bit more different yeah um which is you know if you don't know the person everything can seem very black and white Mm. and you're like well in that situation you're a bad person or in this situation you were a good person like you know i punched someone the other day instead of just being like why you're like well that was an awful thing to do well what was the warrant another punch yeah like where's it going (laughs) yeah like things like that or you know um I, I definitely think that just people don't ask the right questions yeah, and it then makes us have a very blinkered vision. Um, you know, there's, and I think that's sort of where a lot of my sort of things where I ask people a lot of questions to know that there's a lot more layers and contextually to people because some people are very judgmental. I don't oh, think, yeah. you know, <laughs> I don't think people realize how like, quickly because i work in a very predominantly male tech department you know if if people knew the real me it would just be like Ugh, i just mm. don't want to die but it's like sometimes better to just like hide in your own head and be like oh you know because I, I like i had you know like it was really interesting i had a scenario where one of a new guy had started at work and my aunt had um unfortunately she hadn't passed away at this point but she was very ill mm. and he he was trying to be nice but it was one of those things that it was like you don't know me enough to yeah. kind of this comment to be necessary yeah and he was like oh um i'm sorry to hear about it i know it's you know 
And I was like, well, that's nice. But I was like, I really don't. You know, I didn't yeah. say it out loud, but I was like thinking in my head, just going, I really don't need you to say this. Like, yeah. this is actually weirder that you say it, that my, <laughs> you know, I hope she's doing okay because we spend all of two days together and you don't, and someone clearly in the department has told you about yeah, this concerning thing. Than, yeah. And rather than me come forward to you and tell you about it, and he's like, oh, if you ever need to talk to someone, and I'm like, not gonna be you (laughs) straight up in the back of my head i was like it's not you yeah um those kind of scenarios i find more you know i guess weird Mm. because it's you know like family related dramas and you know and stuff like that a lot of that you know stays with your immediate close circle friends or your work where you just go this has happened i've got to go away I've had a death in the family and everyone goes, are you okay? And you go, yeah, yeah, unfortunately this person's passed away and I'm going to disappear. And then that, you know, everyone talks obviously, but I don't think everyone needs to be like my condolences yeah, or like (laughs) things like that. Like it depends how close you are with your team. Yeah. I don't know. I think people sometimes do it to be polite, but I'm also (laughs) just – I'm I'm st- like I hate fake politeness. Mm, yeah, I did, mm, if yeah. it's not genuine, just don't. Yes. just don't. <laughs> I think that's a big thing for me because um, mm. I feel like I do and say things very genuinely. So it's um, it's a bit <laughs> like I don't know when someone just says that I'm like you don't actually mean that. Like <laughs> no, 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 you don't. Yeah, <laughs> like. And I, I, th- I th- look. I think this person genuinely meant it, but it was and was trying to be polite. But it was also just like not the thing that you need to hear from someone you don't know that well. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is where you know it's because I really hate that thing. I just I'm the worst when it comes to don't drag attention to yourself. Like <laughs> especially when it comes to family tragedies or you know or things like that. It's like why well, I don't talk to people about unless it's close friends about my birthday. Because I don't like mm. random people at work going happy birthday. Because I'm like, yeah. you don't know me. Yeah. Like, or they're like, like how old are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, how old are you? And it's like, closer to death. Thanks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> one day closer. <laughs> yeah. One year closer to death, and it's counting. Um. <laughs> you know, that's it's that mentality. But uh, I mean, <laughs> this is the thing. We meet a lot of different people, and, mm. and we're kind of like chameleons. Would you describe yourself as a chameleon? I don't know if I'd say chameleon. Yeah. Like, maybe. I'm trying to think of what I'm like more. I guess less camouflaging, but more like bits get added on and taken away as I go. Um, Like, I I guess chameleon makes sense because, you know, the body's still exactly the same. It just kind of looks. It appears to be different. The perspective of yeah. it is that and perception of it is that it's different but it's not it's just kind of trying to fit in um so maybe maybe <laughs> i don't know i can't think maybe. of a better i thought starfish but not quite no it's not because <laughs> you know it, it can grow back an arm if it gets munched off so <laughs> i just uh, yeah that's true it can i mean you can you know what are you getting your limbs lopped off and you know halfway through a conversation you're like oh better grow that back yeah yeah it's like oh, i don't like this aspect of me that i've gotten from wherever i'm just gonna grow another one <laughs> such a starfish of you <laughs> this could also sound really dirty and i won't take it that way <laughs> Tell me not you didn't intended think it. that way. Not no. intended that way. I was just like, tell me you didn't think of that no. though at all. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, I I think you are a bit of a, you know, 
a chameleon as well in in some regards or you mm. you're very good at adapting to situations oh, definitely um and but i do think that also makes you like i guess yeah it's kind of our survival mechanism isn't mm. it um do you do you hope that never happens one day and you can kind of be unrelentlessly you <laughs> i think i'm still me i <laughs> i don't know i think being a very diverse person it's less me not being myself, more just certain aspects of myself I bring forward mm. when I'm with certain people or in certain groups. I think it definitely used to be more of a coping mechanism, especially going to a school where I didn't really get along with most people in my year. Yeah. I just didn't feel comfortable with mm. anyone. So I guess I would try not fit in because I hate being like, I hate sheeps. I <laughs> like people. Um, and I, I get it, like, um, it's hard breaking out of this, but I've never been one to do something just because someone else is doing it yeah. or be a certain way because someone else is that way. Um, so I wouldn't say it was more like that, more just maybe trying to make myself more palatable in this certain situation. Mm. But now I'm just like, yeah, like, this is who I am. I'm, if this part of Kiri, like, you know, I can be very loud and proud, but I can also be a very attentive listener. And yes. like someone could speak for two hours straight and I don't say a single thing. Um, mm. So it's just bringing forward what part is needed in that situation or with that mm. person. And then if I'm hanging out with someone where I feel like none of that fits, I start thinking maybe that's not someone I should be hanging out with. That's not an environment I should be finding myself in. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that entirely. And then you're just kind of like, run away <laughs> yeah that's why i spent most of my afternoons in music rooms and stuff which was a better place to be but ah. yeah. and, and if you think he doesn't respond to your messages maybe start to wonder why <laughs> <laughs> it's also because i just hate instagram <laughs> yeah you hate messenger instagram the oh, only way i reach just, you is text or yeah, calling you yeah um, i hate it like but it's really I'm, interesting because you use it a lot i know but that's the thing because i Unfortunately, when you, you're an artist, you've got to sell yourself as a person too, to some extent. <laughs> so that's not what I meant. <laughs> no, but I, it did make me giggle, giggle a little bit. I knew you didn't mean it, yeah. but it was the way you, you sort of were saying. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Um, but yeah, so um, and because I'm an open person, it's like, okay, well, how do I try to do this in the way that's least, I guess, of a mental strain. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, being in bands and doing stuff, social media is the best way to promote that. So I do that. And I guess um, also seeing stuff too, like in terms of, you know, if we need to set up a gig, the best way to see what other bands to put with us is through social media again. Yeah. Or, um, ideas that we get and stuff so i think i use it more as like a connection feature for my music stuff mm -hmm. like i do obviously use it for personal stuff too because again when people see you as an artist they want to see you they want like a peek into your life too which is fine but i just i'm like if i could just delete the app and not have to use it <laughs> that'd be great yeah and then it's just god yeah into the abyss <laughs> to the <laughs> forever i mean i could imagine you doing that you should i've done it before <laughs> um it's hard 
because I mean my close friends there's not a person on there where I wouldn't like that's close to me that I wouldn't be able to contact no. if I deleted it but a lot of like the band stuff that we organize and all that again is through that um, yeah like trying to sort out rehearsal times um you know doing a post to promote a show a lot of the times I'll be active on the account trying to um get people to see it and stuff yeah. and you know messages that we get from venues and all that so unfortunately I can't delete it completely but I do give myself a lot of the time or I try to give myself set times where it's like okay today you're going to use it at this time to check and then just don't use it for the rest of the day yeah no and that's hard mm. it's like you know it doesn't always work like that yeah no and especially like I know when I'm like hitting that mental low when you know I just start opening up Instagram straight yeah. away and to scroll through and like that's where I try to I guess replace they always say replace the habit um, yeah. it's the easiest way to get a new habit is to replace it with something else rather than eliminate it so every time I'm on Instagram I try to pick up a book which has been working out okay well so, that's good yeah it's very therapeutic right now yeah I finished three books in Greece from doing that so it was great <laughs> No wonder I didn't hear from you. <laughs> you were dead. Um, I was enjoying it too much. No, and it's also, I, I, I was like, I'm not going to text you. You're on holiday. You enjoy a holiday. <laughs> oh, I wish some people from work were still messaging me. I'm like, I'm on holidays. I'm not responding to this. I just straight up was like, yeah, sorry. I was on holidays, so I didn't respond didn't, to didn't this. respond, not yes, looking at it. But I'm back. And if you have any questions, oh you know, my God. message me. Oh, my God. I need time uh, to myself. <laughs> yeah, I need some alone time. Yeah. Shut up, guys. Um, I mean, I do. I I, I do want to ask one final question. I guess, mm. um, which is always a little bit because you aren't a social media goon, though. Mm. Yet you do have some social accounts. Mm. Like, and it's interesting because your social accounts are all skewy. Yeah. <laughs> They're not very clear. Yeah. Um, do you think that eventually they'll 100% disappear? All my accounts? Yeah. I would love for that to happen. But unfortunately, I feel like it's too much of an asset to do that at this point, like in terms of my music and yeah. all that. Um, I don't know, maybe if I'm as like rich and well-known as Joni Mitchell or whatever I could <laughs> I could just <laughs> delete it and you know I've got my good fans who or like take my stuff off Spotify and all that and I'll have fans who'll still support me and whatever yeah. anyway um but unfortunately I don't see that happening as of yet I mean I've gotten rid of um I, I, I never got Facebook or Twitter Snapchat gotten rid of completely. Yeah, you're not on Snapchat. Yeah, yeah. I only The amount of it. unopened photos you <laughs> probably have from me is enormous. <laughs> and I I mean I've got Messenger, but um yeah, I mean Instagram's the only one I really use, but because everything's there, it's mm. quite accessible. So it's good but it's bad. It's a it's a tool, it's a great tool if you use it right, I guess. So I think for the time being, you know, maybe I'll pay someone to do my accounts someday <laughs> and I don't have to deal with any of it. Oh, my God. That's what you need, like a media consultant. And you'll be yeah. like, sweet. See, that's the thing, though, because I feel like I'm a great media consultant and I do well with, like, the band stuff and all that. But then when it comes to my stuff, I'm like, oh, I just 
You know what? I should just get you to do my media. (laughs) All my posts. That'd be great. Your posts are great. I know, but I do them so infrequently this year. I'll just get you to do that. (laughs) I don't know who's more chaotic, you or me, but they're about on par. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, but you you post every once in a blue moon. It's great. Yeah. Well, especially with my political stuff because, again, the thing that I liked about Instagram Look, it's not always accurate information, but it's a really accessible way to get yeah. good information if you follow the right accounts. So for me, a lot of the time, it was like, okay, I want to become interest, interested in this one thing. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? So I would start off with Instagram, whether it's art stuff, whether it's, you know, I got really into doing my nails during the pandemic every week. So I followed a lot of nail accounts to, I guess, spark sort of creativity that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I do follow a lot of political accounts too. Um, and I guess trying to manufacture that um, environment of compound learning because mm. for me, it's I, I don't enjoy reading the news or watching it. I don't. Um, but, you know, seeing it in an infograph or something yeah. is more capturing. Like it is. People will be like, oh, psh, you know, like you just baby brain or whatever. But it is like <laughs> it's just it's nicer to see colors with everything. And then from that, I can I do my own research and stuff. If yeah. it's something I'm interested in. So I think that has been really valuable, but it's still tiring. There are still yeah. days where I'm like, I just, I don't want to see any of it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's hard. Yeah. I mean, I don't envy you though. This is why yeah. I don't post a lot of political stuff. Occasionally do. Yeah. <laughs> but I avoid it like the 10 foot pole and then I talk about it a lot of how yeah. much I hate this part. And that part. I also, like, if anyone has not learned, I really hate the Liberal Party and I hate a lot of religious <laughs> factors about government because religion should not be in government. Yeah. It should be an unbiased, you know, because there's too many religious, like, you know, and it's, it's Christian. Really. Yeah. That's where I have, the, I draw the line at. It's like, you know, it's like the church and state, two different things. Two, yeah. Like, look, it was great that it gave us schools and hospitals, but now let's just... Yeah, yes. leave it at that, and because yeah, got to think we we live in such a diverse yeah country. So for to have that be the I guess governing government, um, it's just so out of touch. Oh God, yeah, it's yeah, it's a no for me. Curious <laughs> 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 <Kyria> says no. Curious <laughs> says no, and on that note, I'm gonna wrap this up. Uh, Kiri, I'm going to ask you the stalking question. Where can people stalk you on the internet? Where can they find <laughs> you, especially if you don't have socials? Well, I've got my Instagram. It's the handle's Kupiak, but it's K U P I A K H. I've also got some stuff out on Spotify and YouTube if you just look up Kiriak Music Centers. Um, K Y R I A K Y. Yeah, thank you. X X E N I S. Um, I should have said it the proper way, but anyway. And that's about it. <laughs> and you can go and stalk them on the wonderful interwebs. Yeah. Um, Say hi. Yes. <laughs> Don't be a creep, though, please. No, God, no. Please. <laughs> um, you can fuck right off then. Uh, <laughs> I have no problem using the block button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Oh. Um, but that's been an absolute question. Thank you. I've, we've been waiting for this for so long. Yes. It's been so long since we were chatting. Too long. I know. But also I get to see you, so it's been great. Yes. Um, <laughs> and if you want to go and check out more episodes of the things we do, you can check them out on Apple and Spotify. I'll be speaking with another guest next week, and I'll speak to you all later. Goodbye. Ciao.